Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I am sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian, Hello. sidekick. Yes, sir. You know present. What? Yeah, are you present? Speaking present. of presents. I'm accounted for. Yes. Speaking of wow. presents. Tom, I have to ask you, you a question. You're a pro. Have you, have you been a good boy? I'm always a good boy. <laughs> well, I, I trust that you are. Yes, thank you. I trust that you are. But today is especially Let's talk important. about you now. No, no, let's not. We're gonna, I'm the host. We're going to move right on past that. So we're, it's, a, it's great that you're a good boy. Yes, it is. Always. And because we have a person, a guest today, who cares whether or not you've been a good boy. Absolutely. So here, well, first of all, we should tell everybody Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are in, 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 we are in the Christmas season. We are. Right? We're in the middle of the 12 days of Christmas. Yes. Right? Whereas a lot of people would think that Christmas was over, right. you know, day after Christmas. Oh, it's not. It's not. We're just getting started here. Exactly. In fact, we, we are so excited that... Wait, what? What's Uh-oh. that? Hold on. What, Uh-oh. What, what do I hear? Oh. Somebody's sitting down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we got the jolly old elf himself here as a guest. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> 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 actually, actually, we don't. We're, we're, we're good Catholics, so we don't want to lie. Right. No, we, don't, we don't actually have Santa Claus here. Who we have, though, is we have a guy named Brian Elms. And, uh, and Brian, Brian, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be here. It's a lovely environment that y'all are in. Thank yeah. you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You make it all the more lovelier, especially wearing that bright red suit. Now, that's what's so cool that's class. about you. But, you know, when I found out <laughs> what you did sort of as a little side gig... Uh, not even a paid gig, but just as a side thing that you did, I said you got to be on the radio show. We got to bring you on because you are something cool. Because I really love what you do. So first of all, well, here's what we're going we're to say: You're dressed as Santa. Can we turn up the air a little bit? Yeah, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're used to being in the North Pole. I'm sure it's nice and cold there. Here, that was not in so my much. contract before I agreed to come in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Santa. Santa's pushy. He is tough, man. <laughs> but, so Brian, tell us, you know, you're dressed as Santa. Now, is this something you just do, you know, like when you're driving around during Christmas season? Or what? Why are you dressed as Santa? You have to tell us that. Uh, well, you know, I got started doing this back when I was in college, and it's something that's really just kind of stuck with me. I enjoy doing it every year, and um, I don't know, I, I started doing it at uh, Children's Hospital, Washington, D.C., where I was a patient when I was a kid. And um, you've been doing you, it ever since. You love it. So, I do. so you you volunteer to be Santa, right? And and that and that's and that's awesome because we, we want to get to the heart of of that whole concept of volunteering to be Santa. Because now you don't do this as a paid gig. This no, is, I mean it's the whole Christmas thing. Everybody gets in the Christmas spirit. They're like, "What can I do for fellow man?" Mm-hmm. Everybody's in the giving mood and the giving spirit. And you know, as a selfish college student. That was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not and much, more, you're not much older it. than a college student now, right? You've uh, no, I'm very young, 41 years old. Yeah, well, there you go. So now, mm-hmm. so way back then in college, <laughs> way back then. <laughs> so help me understand, how did you get started doing this? Uh, you say you started as a college student. Yeah, I had this idea of driving home from uh, from school in uh, in Alabama, and uh, I had this idea that you know what? I wonder if there's a Santa Claus that goes to visit kids at Children's Hospital on Christmas Day. Now, wait a second, stop there. You must have been a good kid. Yeah, because I'm telling right. you, as a college student, you know, driving home. Furthest thing from your mind. I wasn't I wasn't thinking things like that. Mm-mm. 
So somewhere your parents did something right, helped you out, and kind of because your mind was in the right place. You were thinking, well, how can I give back? Well, maybe we should ask, why did you want to give back? Did you have an experience with Children's Hospital? Yeah, I, you know, I did. It was a, it was a, the the physicians, the staff. I mean, everybody was fantastic there in terms of how well they cared for their patients and me as a young yeah. So year old tell kid. me, you were a fifteen year old kid. What happened? How did you get into uh, Children's Hospital? Well, being a fifteen year old kid. Uh, out doing goofy stuff, uh, getting chased by somebody, jumped in a car, and um, car ran a stop sign. We ran a stop sign, and somebody T-boned us, and mm. I got thrown 100 feet out of a vehicle, broke my C6, and fractured some ribs, both my hands, and mm. next thing you know, I'm Children's Hospital. We, we didn't know that about Santa Claus, did we? No. <laughs> Santa Claus has lived a, a wild life. So, here, no, here, so, okay, so, bad accident, and that happens, happens to people. So, you had an experience where you were in Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they treated you great. And you were like, well, this is a great place. It was a good place to be. And, and yeah, then Absolutely. Um, I mean, I remember my neurosurgeon, Dr. Dennis Johnson, and um, a fantastic guy. And uh, he was just incredibly patient and caring for me. And, you know, when you're a teenage kid, I can't imagine it, it's hard to, right. to deal with a teenage kid. And you were pretty beat up, too. Yeah, I was. I didn't, I've still got some nice scars across me from where I slid and bounced across the road. Mm. But... Um, well, did the real Santa Claus visit you there at Children's Hospital? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was there. Uh, I was there in uh, October of '87, uh, and uh, was in and out in about right. seven nine days. Yeah. So now that have, having that experience, and then here you are, you're a college kid, you're driving home, and you just like your mind kind of wanders, and you're looking at the snow, and you're thinking Christmas. You're heading back for Christmas, right? You're yeah, heading home for I'm headed back, and it was in '93, uh, and I didn't have my uh, XM radio on, and I didn't right. have my smartphone with me, so my mind is just literally wandering. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. couldn't so, get in a radio yeah. station. So what could I do other than just think? Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous thing for college kids sometimes. Yeah, isn't it? and the Santa thing got in there, and it just kind of stuck. Awesome. So you decide you want to do this for Children's Hospital. Yes. And so you call them up and say, hey, I want to be Santa. Now, that's probably a, you know, a weird thing that we might think uh, at first blush, but they said, hey, come on over. Yeah, I did. I, I contacted somebody in, uh, I think I was connected to Child Life as it was there. And uh, they said, you know what? Uh, as it turns out, we don't have our Santa this year, and we need somebody. And uh, they wrote down my information, and I told them the doctors that I used to see while I was there. They checked me out. The next thing you know, they're like, do you have a suit? Do you need us to rent you a suit? I said, no, I get all that. Right. That's awesome. And so then you went, you gathered up all the goodies? Gathered up all the goodies, uh, rented a suit at that point in time, and, um, you know, went into, around to different grocery stores and said, hey, I'm going to be going to do this at Children's Hospital on Christmas Day. Can you donate some candy canes or some whatever? And, uh, you know, my mom and wanted to get in on a gig, too, so she went out and bought some teddy bears and stuff like that. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I'm I'm going to Children's Hospital. With you are a, fully loaded. You are fully ready to loaded, go. And, fully loaded. And spread the Christmas cheer. That's awesome. That Santa that. fully loaded. Now, obviously, <laughs> you've you've been doing this for years. Yes. And so and I'm sure you've you've gotten quite good. at uh, Your suit is is in, is impeccable. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, it's just uh, it's a, it's it's really beautiful. It's it's obviously not inexpensive. You you obviously love this so much that you've taken this so seriously that you do this every year, as many times as you you're able to. And there's got to be some reason you keep doing this. Obviously, it's not a painful experience for you. You know, it's funny what you just said there. I I remember as a kid, you know, when Uncle Nick or Uncle Collins dressed up as Santa Claus. You're sitting there, you're eyeballing them, even at four or five years old, and you're like, wait a second. 
That guy has dark eyebrows. Santa doesn't have dark eyebrows. <laughs> Something's Wait amiss. Wait a second. That guy, that, that, hold on a second. I recognize who that is. So it was important to me to be as convincing as possible. So each year I did it, uh, I continued to invest more and more. And eventually I was just like, all right, I'm going to buy my own suit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this so convincing where they, they literally believe that Santa. I mean, kids want to believe in Santa. They're looking sure. for that. And, uh, you know, the, the easier I made it for them, the easier it was. Right. And the more I believed that I was Santa, the more they believed that I was so, Santa. That's, that's great. Now, so you actually believe you're Santa. So at least you probably stopped the radio program at this yes. point. Just say, well, counseling for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you do have to be careful with that because, I mean, if, you know, if say if your wife was teaching at school somewhere and the next thing you know she says, hey, can you come and walk around to the classes and you go to the kindergartners and Essentially, the kindergartners become what my wife calls drunk on Santa. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they believe you're Santa. You believe you're Santa. You're promising two kindergarten classes each that they're each going to get their own puppy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, that's the beauty of it. You, you're you're like the you're like a, you know grandpa or exactly. uncle whoever. It's like well, sure, whatever you want, kid. I'll give the, you anything the, the, you want. I, I mean, it was great. I promised them a puppy. The whole class cheered for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm doing this at the next classroom too. But deep down, though. Deep down, though, there's 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 something that's driving you that really there's a reward here, uh, and I know you're not doing it specifically for a reward, but there's got to be something that's 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 egging you on here that's that's keeping you involved in this process. Well, I mean, going back to you know the the great childhood that I had and the great experiences that I had, you know, why shouldn't why shouldn't other kids have that? Why you know, and it's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a give and take relationship. I get to you know allow the children to have their their santa wish and or dream and at the same time you know how great is it to be able to see the joy and wonder in a in the innocence of a child's expression uh of their love for santa that's awesome it that's, is that's great now uh do you have like a payment plan on this suit or or how does <laughs> is that something that you had to you know do you have to you know sign second away? mortgage <laughs> yeah. you second really mortgage. love it don't you yeah <laughs> that's fantastic so you know the other interesting thing is i mean i'm sure you get lots of great questions i'm sure people ask you all kind of like, well how fast do reindeer fly and do you do you have answers for all these things do you do you have I to do. really I bone up on I, santa and you have to I, figure I, it out i'm on the fly and uh since I've had a career in sales, I'm I'm never without an answer for anything. Because you know, kids are smart these days, and they so will try. So you've to, never been stumped. They will, yeah, yeah, they'll try to trap you. Kids will try to trap you, won't they? They will. Uh, and the nice thing about doing it, uh, and after after Children's Hospital, I went on to do it for different nights at Columbus Pancake Breakfasts, uh-huh. and as I mentioned, when my wife was teaching at uh, St. Joseph's in Jacksonville, we you know I did it did it there, so I knew the families. And I knew some of the kids, ah. and so it, it, interestingly enough, uh, in one of the one of the kindergarten classes, this little boy stood up as precocious as ever, and he lobbed the Santa salvo right at me, and he goes, "Ha, you're not the real Santa. I saw him yesterday," and I and I stopped what I was doing because I'm in the middle of engaged with another child, and so I stopped that and I looked over and I go, "Well, Max," <laughs> I said, "What would your brother Hayden say about you talking to Santa like that?" And his eyes got as big as silver dollars. <laughs> he was busted. And he goes, and, and he didn't say anything because I, I stumped him right there. And, um, and I said, you know, I said, I said, what would Hayden say about that, how you're talking to Santa? I said, and, you know, I'm not even sure that Barrett would appreciate that, let alone your mom, you know, your mom, Heather, or your, or your dad. 
Yeah. And <laughs> he sat back down and folded his hands. There you go. And Max is a delightful child, a uh, wonderful family uh, there. But uh, it was it was funny, and I, I don't know where I pulled that from, but I just I went with it as soon as he said that. <laughs> it just proves that Santa is magic. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> That's, that is awesome. Well, we have more to talk about uh, uh, Santa, but more specifically about Brian uh, and his, uh, his quest to bring uh, Christmas joy to all these kids that he meets. Uh, we'll do that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home they have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love for you to email me. Send me an email. Tell me about your experiences with Santa. Uh, maybe I don't want to hear that, but I don't know. Send it to me anyway. Uh, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, right after we feed the reindeer, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world, and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, Saints Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that St. Anne was barren. Things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them, and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, St. Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the church can honor as saints those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers. They fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her, and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus. And it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the 4th century, a church was built by St. Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And, Tom, it's so exciting to have Santa here. Can Brian I Helms. contain myself. Yeah. Well, yeah, Brian. Seriously. Now, so uh, we've, we've stated, of course, that, that you are Santa's helper. Right, and so we 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 all we realize, Tom. I know you're getting kind of excited. You had a you started a list. I don't have a break. Santa complex, but I think Tom overstated his good list. Yeah, uh, position. I, I know some things about some people. I know some things, and I'm just saying I think that was grossly overstated. So you're saying he should cross some of the things on his list off. That's not going to happen. Uh, well, he, at least he's got material for confession on Saturday. Or, you know, I don't know. I'm not judging. Not judging. Not yeah, condemning. Do, I'm not condemning. Robert. We do have a great show on confession. We have a couple of those. So people I need to go back and listen to that, don't I? <laughs> no, no Tom. You're just like me. We, yeah. uh, we love Santa. How can you this not? This is great. And you know what's one of the cool things is a lot of people as, as Catholics don't always even look back and realize just how Catholic Santa is. Oh, I know. Right. St. Nicholas, the uh, Bishop of Myra, way back in the uh, – uh, he was born in the 3rd century and – uh, lived in the in the fourth century. Went to the Council of Nicaea. He was a bad dude. And Brian, you even know what happened there, right? What there was this priest Arius put this, a smack down on him. Oh yeah, he was tough. Yeah, when people start thinking, you know, Santa's wimpy. Santa's <laughs> uh-huh. a big, big puffball. It's like, oh, oh, Santa no. was a man's man. Yeah. That's exa- and that's so cool because uh, the priest Arius that was there talking about his Arian heresy about who. Christ was, or, or more precisely, who Christ wasn't, mm-hmm. that maybe Christ was created and that wasn't eternal and all these things. And it was really upsetting St. Nicholas, right? Nicholas got, he got up and went and punched him in the mouth. Right. <laughs> so, I, you know, I tell that to my, like my kids when they're talking about, you know, it's like, look, you know, you don't want to get on Santa's naughty list. Right. No. I mean, I, I wear gloves with the suit, but they're not boxing gloves, and I haven't really gone around and slapped anybody. That's good. Well, people do need to look in our Catholic history and kind of see uh, just how Santa Claus got started. And we're so excited to have, you know, Santa Claus still today spreading this Christmas cheer and coming and reminding us the importance of, of, of being Christ-like, of being good to others. But, not, but and, and maybe that's part of what inspires you to be santa claus yeah, right? absolutely and the, the best part about you know playing santa claus at a kfc uh, pancake breakfast or something at a, at, at a local free pancakes school. well yeah there's the free pancakes <laughs> um yeah, they get stuck in your beard and the kids yeah. get their syrupy hands and butter all over your suit but other than that um you can you can you can interject something about you know not just are you good or are you bad are you keeping your room clean but tell me are you going to mass yeah, uh, and if they're if they're of, if they're of age, you know, are you worthily receiving the sacraments? And that that's a fun that's a fun dialogue to have with them. Other than are you being nice to your brother and sister and picking right. up your toys? Right. That um, that's awesome. And, and that's, so it's great that you can do that. And um, now I know that you you've um, you've probably got lots of stories. And having done this for so many years, twenty it is, some and years, never, I never failed to be caught off guard or surprised by a kid because you know you're sitting there and you're. I'll start doing the Santa shtick uh, at eight in the morning. And right, we wouldn't. I wouldn't quit until the last kid came through, and it was sometimes around two o'clock. Mm, wow! And I'm just sitting there, you know, nonstop. But it's it, it's nice, and it's a labor of love. So that's why I was doing it. But the kids. So, what are some of the things that that, that that maybe have emotionally impacted you over these years that you've as as Santa, right? Right. I mean, that carries a lot of weight. You know, no pun intended, Tom. <laughs> you know, carries a lot I of know. weight being Santa. You know, when I first started doing it at Children's Hospital, it was just, you know, in the beginning going around to patient rooms, saying hello to the kids. And, you know, did you did you get your toys that I dropped off this morning that were, of course, somebody else had already done? And then, uh, you know, talking to the parents and saying, well, Santa hopes you're out of here very soon. And, you know, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Um, 
And then, you know, the next thing you know, the the person walking me around the hospital would say, we're going to go up to the cancer ward, and you're not going to go in and see the patients, but it's really good if they can see, you know, Santa didn't forget them and came there. Were you prepared for that? You know, in your mind, you think, oh, yeah, okay, great idea, let's go do that. Yeah, kids with cancer should always see Santa Claus. And then right. you get up there, and you you walk around, and, and I, I, it's, I have a, a vivid memory of the first time uh, that I saw this one kid in the room little kid it couldn't have been more than child could not have been more than eight nine years old and the parents are in there this young little young parents and uh you can tell that they're both tending to this child it's early in the morning a little child has on their hospital gown and the kids you know no hair on the child's head Mm. and there's a there's like a there's a dark not there's a there's just a, a darkness about the room or a you sense, sense the, the the impending, uh, just it's not going to be good. It's just right. you can you can sense the the tension and the the struggle, the strife that they're dealing with. The parents' shoulders are stooped over, their heads are bent forward. The child is kind of slouched on the table, and uh, the child life person told me to just go over and tap on the glass and wave to them. And I went over and I tapped on the glass and I waved to the child, <laughs> just to see that kid's face light up and the parents and go from just straight faces to huge smiles huge smiles and the child just became animated knowing that santa was there and just smiling and waving and pointing at the toy and waving and you know just they they could sense you know uh, i guess the the santa love as you might call it that's awesome and see that just uh, i bet you that just lit the place up absolutely so the darkness that was there and now you didn't cure anything you didn't not at all right of course but you brought you infused a light Mm-hmm. into their lives mm-hmm. that just for that moment that brief moment th- that everybody could just sort of like sort of be lifted up right that's right. that is awesome now you, i know you've probably also encountered you know we live in a rough world yeah and uh, as i started to do this um, in jacksonville you know I'm, the kids are coming up and <laughs> they're coming pretty fast and i'm trying to gauge you know what where their belief is in Santa, and if they're running towards Santa with their arms open and ready to leap in your lap, well, you know that they're 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 all in with Santa. They're believers. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they're you know kicking rocks as they walk up and sluggishly getting up there, and their parents are trying to tell them what to do, sit next to Santa, sit on Santa's lap, you know whatever, you know you're you're trying to gauge where they are, and I'm never I never fail to be surprised with a kid. I mean, most times I think I can guess it and I can you know kind of guide the dialogue I right. have with them. And then the next thing you know, uh, you know, a 16-year-old girl will walk up, and she'll sit next to me, and she'll say, and I'll say, well, you know, I said, well, um, you know, you know the thing with, with Santa, you know, good, bad. Right, right, right. Tell me where you are in that. Oh, well, I've been good this year. And I'm thinking, okay, they're just playing along. And I said, well, what would you like for Christmas? And they'll say, my dad's been embedded in Iraq, and I really just want him to come home. Wow. And you're oh not prepared for that. And I mean, it, it, what do you do with that? I don't know. You you try not to fall to the floor. Oh yeah. And um, you, you know, at that point, you, you you begin a serious, you know, adult type dialogue with this yeah. with this with this child, and you say, you know, <clears throat> Santa really respects that. And I said, you know, you're not coming up here and asking for something for yourself. You're you're coming in the Christmas spirit, and you're saying, this is what you know I want for the health and safety and concern of, of my dad, whom I do love. And, um, you know, you, you want him to come home. I said, that's really important. I said, and while Santa cannot immediately deliver that, I want you to know that Santa is going to pray for that. And he'll remember that intention in his rosary. (coughs) That is just, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, That's just, that's wonderful. And and you see that. And so 
this is where I always think, you know, for the people that think, well, you know, the world doesn't really have any room for Santa anymore. You know, the people will say, I don't think that we should even talk about Santa anymore. This is where it's, I think it's all the more important that we do, that we see uh, that we see in Santa Claus, right? We see in, in what you're doing, well, we see the light of Christ in that. I mean, that's obviously uh, from the, from Santa's connection to the Catholic Church, right? From him being a bishop. Um, and just even today, what, what Santa does to a room, and, and you've, you've experienced that oh, yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's inspirational, and, and it's actually very biblical. It's very spiritual. It's very um, uh, life-changing and life-affirming. And those are good, positive things, and we need that. And I won't just look at him and say, well, I'm going to pray for your dad. You know, I try to try to offer something at the same time. I'm going to try to give them something. So I say, well, what is it you're doing right now currently to to help your dad? I mean, what can you do? And they're like, well, I don't know. I think about him, and I write him letters. I say, well, what else can we do as Catholics? Well, I can pray for him. Absolutely you can. Mm-hmm. You're like the little uh, apologetics evangelist and... You know, you're just out there uh, bringing Jesus to all these people. That is so, so awesome that you that you do that. And so I guess we should turn this away from you for a second, which I imagine as Santa, you'd be so giving and want to take the, you know, uh, the light off of you. Mm-hmm. So the folks listening are thinking, well, that sounds really cool. And while not everyone is going to have a thousand dollar Santa suit, what what? What do you tell other people that they should be doing this time of year? And, and what should they be thinking about and focusing on? Um, I don't know. It struck me the other day that, you know, if I'm being extra good or kind to people this year or making the effort to be extra good or kind to people, uh, you know, opening a door for somebody or greeting them with Merry Christmas, well, why aren't I doing that a week after Christmas? Yeah. Why aren't I doing that two or three or four weeks before Christmas? Why aren't I trying to do that all year long? Yeah. that's And, that, and that's so true. And I know there are people thinking, well, I want to get involved. I want to do things. And. And there may be some people that listen to this and go, well, where'd you get your suit? Because I want to get one and I want to start doing this now. But it doesn't have to be Santa. I mean, you don't, you don't have to be Santa to be bringing Christ to others is what you're saying. It's, it's, we just need to be Christ to others. We need to, to inspire others through that which inspires us and be a conduit uh, to, to everybody we meet. And, and, and that's a challenge uh, in this day and age. But I guess a guy like you and, and what you're doing with, uh, uh, with the suit that you're wearing... Uh, you're really doing your part, your little part, to kind of change change the world. Uh, I never really thought of it like that, but <laughs> that sounds well, nice. I, and I don't consider it like that, but I, I, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I see it that way, from, I guess, from the outside. And, you know, again, being a father of nine, you know, I understand the importance of that. And I'm glad you do, too. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Merry Let's Christmas. Pray. Let's pray. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, in this season of Christmas, we thank you for all the gifts we've received, especially the greatest gift ever given, the gift of your Son, sent to reconcile us to you forever. Help us to truly and worthily receive the gift of Jesus, and in doing so, be transformed to be more like him, so that we may share his light with all we meet. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.